Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Breakfast special. Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special Climate Connections. 17,000 years ago, humans could walk from one continent to another with more ease than today. It wasn't an ocean floor. It was full of corals and mangroves, salt marshes, savannas and grasslands and tropical rainforests or deciduous rainforests. Well, there was a lack of civilizations. The human species that existed at that time were able to walk freely across land bridges that are currently submerged beneath the ocean. So here in Singapore, instead of being separated by an ocean to Malaysia, you could simply walk across it. There were land bridges that enabled you to walk to Borneo, indeed walk to the Philippines. If you were in northwestern Europe, you could walk from the northern shores of northwestern Europe across to England. Around Alaska, you could walk from the United States to Russia. So the human species was able to move within continents because of these lower sea levels, was able to explore different environments. And that's why we have the human species diversified through all continents. In a recent analysis of sea level data since the Ice Age, Professor Benjamin Horton, director of the Earth Observatory of Singapore, along with a team of international scientists led by NTU Singapore and Macquarie University in Australia, found that sea levels were about 120 meters lower back then. But as the last ice age ended, global warming caused oceans to rise at an extraordinary pace, one meter a century on average. So if in the past, a five degree sea warming caused a 120 meter rise in sea level, what do you think a further five degree sea warming is going to do? Especially when we have Greenland and Antarctica on the poles. The water is locked up in these ice sheets. There's about 70 meters of sea level rise in the poles. And that's why as a coastal geologist, as a climate scientist, you're very worried because the past provides the key for looking at the future. In less than a week, world leaders and environmental experts from around the world will gather in Dubai for the 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference, more commonly known as COP28. There, the world will take stock of progress on the Paris Agreement, a landmark climate treaty concluded in 2015 with a central aim of strengthening the global response to the threat of climate change by limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. And it's only through meeting these Paris Agreement targets can we minimize disruption to coastal ecosystems, which have long been recognized as indispensable to the well-being and subsistence of millions of people. Through their research, Professor Horton's team found that coastal habitats could be devastated once again by rising seas within the next 30 years. To better understand what our future might hold, scientists are digging deep into our past to get a grasp of how nature reacted to global warming and the extent of changes over the years. We're interested in reconstructing how sea levels changed in the past. 
So you need to find a biological indicator that responds to sea levels. And that's what mangroves, marshes and corals do. They are life forms that have an ecological niche that likes to live approximately at sea level. So when sea level rises, these mangroves, marshes and corals move inland. When sea level falls, they move oceanwards. So you can track how they move in time and in space. For example, in Singapore, if you went to Marina Bay Sands and you took a drill core and you went down 20 meters below Marina Bay Sands, you would find a fossilized mangrove. A mangrove that existed 10,000 years ago, showing where the shoreline was 10,000 years ago. Currently, funded by PUB, we're going to bring in an ocean drilling vessel to actually core offshore of Marina Bay Sands. In deep water, we hope to find mangrove fossils, maybe that are 12,000 or 14,000 years. You can go into the middle of the South China Sea and you can drill there, for which our colleagues have done, and they find 120 meters below present, a fossilized mangrove. These mangroves move as sea level changes, and it allows us to track changes in the past. You relate them to climate models so you can better understand the system. We have an idea, we have a philosophy, because we haven't experienced the rates of change that we're going to experience in the next hundred years. So instead of waiting for the system to respond and monitoring these, we decided to go back in time to see how they respond. Such findings could guide scientists in adopting more targeted approaches when it comes to conservation works such as developing strategies for restoration. I mean, if sea levels were 120 metres below present, we should find, if they were preserved and not eroded away, mangrove remnants of what the shoreline looked like 17, 18, 19,000 years ago. About whether you can restore them, well, they're under the oceans and the oceans will never return to that level. But it is interesting that if we are trying to think about replanting mangroves, we need to think of areas where they've existed before and thrived. There's no point planting any species in an environment that they're not going to prosper. But the geological record, again, identifies where the environment previously was perfect for a mangrove or a reef or a marsh to exist, and therefore it'd be better placed to protect for the future. Beyond unlocking historical insights, it's also critical to understand what scientists call the tipping point. As the sea level goes up gradually, mangroves and marshes have internal mechanisms that allow them to trap sediment and build root mass to keep their heads above water. But there's going to be a tipping point where sea level rises so fast that such coastal habitats simply drown in place. We used a variety of geological archives, we use modern monitoring, and we use statistical techniques. And we came out with this quite simple statement that when the sea level rise rate reaches seven millimeters per year, there's a nine out of 10 chance that the mangroves and marshes will not survive. That's a quite a clear number. And therefore, 
in regions that are currently experiencing that, perhaps because the land is subsiding, the marshes are being lost rapidly. We can see that a lot on our deltas around the world. For example, the Mississippi Delta, where sizes of football fields of marshes are being lost every single day. So the retreat can be very rapid because you approach a tipping point. So they're able to keep pace, then the tipping point and they collapse. So it can be near instantaneous that hundreds of acres of marshes and mangroves can be lost within a decade or a century. According to Professor Horton, nature's largest success story of the last decade is really the increased awareness of the value that these ecosystems bring in terms of biodiversity, mental health, and even financially. But our actions in the next decade will be vital. We can do much better at preserving them, preserving what we have. You know, more rainforests were lost in 2022 since the history of records began. We applaud in the Amazon rainforest a 40% reduction by the new government in deforestation. It's not reforestation, it's a 40% reduction in deforestation. So we're still deforesting huge areas of the Amazon. And that's happening in Southeast Asia as well. So we preserve what we have, and then we need to mitigate our greenhouse gases so these ecosystems thrive into the future. We can be more innovative. We can identify which of these ecosystems is the true biological hotspot. And then how do we develop pathways between hotspots? to enable the exchanges of species. I mean, that's the way forward because we're always going to have a balancing act using our coastal regions for our infrastructure, where we live, for agriculture, but we need to value nature. So we need to think about how to maximize the preserves that we have in the natural world, to maximize biodiversity, maximize the physical, mental and financial aspects. But that has to be an ongoing partnership I always think that we live in the most fortunate of times. Climate change is just starting. This was Climate Connections on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.